Jim loves leeching. That's why. Hi, welcome back to another episode of the Whatever This Is podcast. Uh, we're back, back as usual. Uh, Thursday night recording. I did not prepare an intro, so I'm just going to freestyle for the first 20 seconds before I introduce my guests. First of all, uh, oh my God, he's going to be offended again. But uh, it's my usual co-host. I called him a guest again. My bad, Artem. What's up? How you doing? What's going I'm on? I'm good. I'm good. Can I just say, I don't think there's any guests on this podcast anymore. I think that, like... It's all a family. The, the, se- the second person we have on here today has already been in 10% of our episodes, at least. So, I think he and needs another low. title. Yeah, so you've already heard him. It's, it's the man again, David Sanson. Um, Twitter's resident Russian football analyst. Um, an FNL merchant. Man with the best talent ID of Russian football on Twitter. <laughs> You've heard him before. He's back. We're honored. David, what's up? How are you doing? I'm good, man. It's you know, I just love coming on and having a chat. And if it's about Russian football, then we're on topic. And if not, then we're not on topic. Can okay. I just say, big up, David, because you stepped in with like two hours to go or something. We we did have another guest lined up, but David really saved us when 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 he couldn't make it. So, um. Thank you for that. I would say it's just because it's locked down. I can't do anything. But really, it's just because I have no life. It's just because you love us. That's all oh, yeah, it and, is. And it's you. I was so, yeah, yeah. I was like, David actually messaged me yesterday. He was like, yo, 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 you need a guest for the pod? I'm like, yeah, sure, brother. Come on. It's your family. But we had another guest lined up and I told him and he was like, nah, keep that. Four people is a crowd. It's, good. it's better when it's three. And then our guest had some other commitments. So David stepped in like a super sub, Mr. Reliable, and he's back. Um, hey, man. We don't really have much to talk about. I think the last week we, we came on, it was... Um, Hanu, you don't start a powder podcast like that. People are just going to click straight off. You tell you them you don't have anything to talk about. There, and there's no said, content. <laughs> no, no, no. There, there's content. Watch This is content. If you click off, go watch this. Click, click off and go watch this. This, we... we Put tons of work into it. RFN is now producing video content. We did a 15-minute video on the World Cup, how Russia defied all expectations at the World Cup. Shout out Connor, who did the visualization and the narration. Uh, Shout out Artem, who did the production. Um, Shout out everybody who listened, everybody who liked, retweeted, whatever. Uh, We've got more stuff on the way. RFN is, is getting to the next level, inshallah, this year, you know, as we keep going. Um... Artem, you got anything to say about this video before we talk about your mans? I, re- I really appreciate all the credit I'm getting for like the very little work that I did on this video. Like, don't get me wrong, right? We brought the idea together, but this video was you and Connor. Like, you just put all the effort into it, and I was just kind of like took a backseat. But that's not always going to be the case, and I'm going to make sure that I get a good script out for next week or the week after. So, you're that guy who sat behind Mark Zuckerberg and then sued him for half of Facebook. That's, yeah, like, pretty much. I've already kind of got my uh, legal papers. Man, in. Man. As, as a neutral, like, I was not involved at all in the production of the video. Um, you know, it, it, it was great stuff, and it's the step that RFN needs to go in, and it was, you know, it was, it was a really good, really, really good video. Um, yeah, and I'm looking forward to, to seeing what else what else comes, comes from you three. Um, you know, we got... <laughs> ideas and upon ideas and articles and upon articles to to, pay, to potentially put into video form and then uh, 
yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to how you guys can take it forward. Definitely. Yeah. Twenty twenty one is gonna be the RFN year. We're gonna yeah, make sure that. We appreciate that, though, David. And uh, if you, if any of you guys listening want to do something with RFN, if you want to write an article, if you want to, like, if you're good at, like, graphic design or something like that, just hit us up. Like, hit any of the 17 accounts we have, around, like, yeah. among us. Among, and it can uh, be, it can be, like, literally anything. Like, like Hani said, it can be graphic design because we're looking at getting new graphics in. Um, it can be literally anything. If, if there's any idea that you think you can put forward, absolutely yeah. do it. Like, don't think that like RFN, like, oh, we've got 13K followers or whatever it is, and it's like, we're unreachable and we're not going to take any ideas on board. Not the case. We really want to make RFN as best as possible. Um, so, please, any suggestions, anything whatsoever, if you can help decide whatsoever anyway. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. We're always looking, for new, always looking for new writers. You know, a really, really good group, group of guys. You know, a lot of the guys... Who have been with RFN for a number of years, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, having growing up and getting jobs, and you know they're having they're losing a bit of time which they would normally put towards RFN. Um, so we're just looking for that ne- that next generation. You know, there was once upon a time where Artyom was, you know, a 17 year old kid who was tweeting us, so, and then we like, hey man, do you want to come write for us? And now look at him, he's he's co-hosting a podcast for us. Uh, and I was once, uh, and I'm, uh, you know, a little youth who uh, only tweeted about Ruben Kazan, and now look at me. So, um, you know, if, if you've got Yo, any interest in Russian football... you here to make me cry or something? Well, I know. Oh, yeah, well... getting all emotional, like, oh, Artem was 70. I'm like, man, this is sad, man. Like, Well, I didn't want to talk about Hanu's uh, past, because, let's uh, be honest, he's had so many Twitter bans. What David is trying to get across to you right now is one day... Exactly. You're gonna be older, like me and David. <laughs> yeah. Well, you you two are still relatively young. I will be 29 this year. That's still so, young. Um, like. So um. God. Yeah. So yeah, we're always looking for new writers. You know, if you if you think you if you like Russian football, if you're a writer, and you fancy writing for us, just shoot us a message on on Twitter or or our email, and uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see what we can do. You know, we've got a really good community. We're always right. looking to to add to it. Will we go on to the content? Yeah. We have all... Well, the only reason we're, like, dragging the other <laughs> out is because we have nothing to talk about except for this one topic. Stop I saying that. We do have things to talk you. about. The, you the, are literally... Like, I, I can see every single time... You know what? Two weeks from now... Actually, you know what? A week from now, I want you to go into YouTube stats of this video. The one that we're talking in right now. And every single time that you say we have nothing to talk about... I promise there is a spike downwards of people. Yo, listening. man, we got a loaded episode for you all. A mad transfer is going on. Artem, this was the best week of Artem's life. Alexander Kokorin, Artem's man, is confirmed as a Fiorentina player. Artem somehow knows the name of his son, who's super dripped out. Is it, is it actually Michael Kokorin? It's actually Michael, but it's not spelled like Michael. It's spelled M-A-I-K-L, which is even fucking cooler. That's, that's swag. That's swag. I respect it. Um, yeah, but but the main thing I want to talk about, we'll get into the transfer. I just want to talk about how many times they've announced this guy, right? It's like they signed Lionel Messi. It's honestly like, okay, so you've got one, you've got two, three, four, five, six. Um, there's more. There's lots, lots more. 
seven, eight, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, and about six to seven. That twenty-three, twenty-four, twenty-five. Uh, Adam, are you are you Fiorentina's um, social media guy? Do you own them or something? Like, I really didn't want you to find out like this, but uh, yes. I mean, see, that's the reason, right? <laughs> There's no other reason. And Artem was loving every. He was liking all of it. He was like. By the way, by the way, did you did you notice that Fiorentina also made a Russian account? They are well on the hype. They know exactly. It wasn't what to official, do. though. Was it wasn't official. It was official. It's not official. Okay, well, whoever just, made that is. Just, it was the same. Like there was a. I remember a guy messaged me when Morancic moved and said, "Oh, I'm, I'm I've got the biggest Telegram channel about Morancic and at Atalanta, going, you know, help me publish it." And I looked at him, he, he like it was big enough that it didn't need my help already. Mm-hmm. But Russian yeah. Russians will love it. But it, uh, it, does it does it sort of stink of small club mentality when you're pub when you're publishing a signing of a 29 year old ex con so much? Hey, yo, Artem, you're gonna throw hands with David. Refute that argument. <laughs> yeah, I, I. You know what? I genuinely think he's gonna do well. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you know what, like. Uh, yeah, all joking aside, you know, we know he's, he's an excellent striker on his day. And it's a shame that he's going to come in and he's behind uh, Vlahovic, I think his name is, the guy, the youngster who's like on fire right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. I presume he won't play for a while because he's probably not match fit. Um, yeah. But we'll see. You know, it's, he's had a wild journey the last fucking two years um, from, yeah, prison to this. It's yeah. a wild journey. It's insane, so, but I like honestly, just based yeah. off the interviews he's had and everything, he just he seems happy, and I think that like I feel like there was just so much shit against him in Russia. Like I feel like like last season, okay, he played in Sochi, but like Sochi is a little bit away from everything else. You know what I mean? Like no one was expecting Sochi to like do anything in the league. Whereas like Spartak this season, there was a good bit of pressure on Kokorin, and because he was only scoring penalties. You know, like, a lot of people were kind of name-calling him and, you know, like, th- there was a bit of bad press about him and things like that. Like, I feel like over in Italy, like, at least he won't be able to understand the uh, the hate. So that, that just, could be good for him. It was such a pointless signing from Spartak. Though. That was the thing, right? You say like, that, but they, they ended up making a profit They didn't on need him. him. Yeah, but they didn't need him. Like, they had, they had a good strike. Would you, ra- would you rather have something you don't need or four and a half million euros? Yeah, well, but how, much just, they pay, that, how much were they paying him in wages for that time? Let's oh, agree. Yeah, well, well, his, well, his wages were three million. So let's say he, it, it's not this because he only signed them. I think like August or something like that. But yeah. let's say it's one and a half mil that they paid. They Even still on a personal profit. level, let's just say he had moves in the summer that he could have made to Europe, but instead he just sat in Spartak. Yeah, but he played so, 40. I feel like he moved to Spartak purely to give a middle finger to Zenit fans for six months and then has taken the first opportunity to go to Europe again. I say that again. may be, yeah. And, but to be honest, I don't blame him. Like, I I, I've already, like, I've, I've said a million times about how I really, really don't like how Zenit have treated him. Like, I, I genuinely think that, like, the way that they were all behind him, the way that Semek, all the players came out in, in support of Kakorin and said, like, oh, when the minute he's back, like, we need him. Like, we want him back in the squad. And the, the minute he was back, they just didn't even post about him. They just released him, let him go. 
Yeah, they didn't they didn't post a single thing from him getting jailed to him getting back to him going to Sochi. Who is it? Uh, you said um, someone posted in the chat that Kokora is not even his real name. I didn't know that until recently. What? It's his. Uh, it's not his birthday. He changed his name, bleat like in court or something. What? Someone, someone, someone oh. told. Was it was it Alexei who wrote that, or did I just read it somewhere else? Artem, you're the Kokoran insider. Is this oh, is think- this true? I don't think that's the case. It's I I do know. I read it. I read I, it. Do you know what I think Maybe it is? I read I think, it with me. You know what I think it is? I think it's his oh name. Oh my god, he actually was. His name was Kartashov. Ah, that's a trash ass name. Kokorin is better. I changed my name too. Wait, wait, wait. It says change his surname lately. That's his yeah, bad I mean, what's the source? What's the source? Click on the source. Th- Sources do trust me. Sports I think that's his, like he's because his. I think that might be his. Uh, I presume that's that just might a be bad his, his mom's name. I think it's his mom's name or his. Kokorina. Oh yeah, I mean Kokorin is a Russian surname. Like I've, I've certainly seen other people with that surname. This doesn't say anything about his name though. Yeah, but that's a big old interview. It's probably in there somewhere. In there. Anyways, anyways, like. But that's uh, pretty. I, I saw it there. I go back up. It was like in the second paragraph. I swear. That is, uh, I swear I saw the word Kartashov. That is pretty insane. Control F at Hanu. There you go, Kartashov. So it was probably something like that. I can't be asked, like, oh, there you go. Alexander Kokorin was, this was the name of his father. Um, his mother got married by the second time. He wanted to be loyal to his mother, so he changed it to Kokorin. He stuck with his mom. Yeah, exactly. That's uh, I thought it was that. But uh, I've got two two questions here for you. Right, and the first question is: Is Kokorin going to be the last person born in the Soviet Union to move to a top five league? That's, What's the uh, card for that? What's the card for the Soviet Union? Ninety one. Yeah, he was born maybe five months or something before the. Because I feel like because he's he's in that stage where he's turning thirty now this year. Yeah, Are you gonna I mean, go for yeah. like older Soviet players? Even Golovin was born, obviously, in actual Russia rather than Soviet Union, right? So, I think... Yeah. No, yeah, I think surely that's got to be right. Y'all remember when Gabilov went to Club Bruges for six months? Yeah, but yeah. we're talking big Artyom. But yeah, we're talking think, about top five I know, leagues. I know, I know, I know. I, know. I, think, I think some weird-ass transfer like that will take place at some point. Just, it won't be anything we care about. It won't be anything massive. It'll just be like, I don't know. Like Zabalotny going to Sheffield United or some really weird, stupid transfer which doesn't work out. Well, if he moves to Sheffield yeah, United, he'll probably though. be playing a championship. All possible now with any work permit stuff. Yeah, I think he'd qualify as well. Maybe not. I don't know about that. I maybe, maybe not. Made that work what was your other question, Artem? What do you think? My other question. I, I think that... See, it's difficult to tell. I think he probably will be the the last person born in the Soviet Union to move into top five leagues. But then again, I might be missing someone from Ukraine or someone, you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, we're talking Russian only, like the last... Okay, well, Russian only yeah. then, yeah, I'd say so, because I can't imagine someone like Talagov or something. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, and the yeah. second question is, the second question is, does he make it back into the national team? Um, if he plays well, I think he's being he's left out. 
I think if he plays well, he sh- he should. Um, I think he's he's not like the other Russian guys that are. I mean, like you know, like uh, the Zhukov, not Zhukov, whoever that guy was that Chichasov called in who plays in the second Bundesliga. I think he's a very high-profile player, so I think if he plays well, he should get in because Russia only have right now Zuba. Um, Smolov is trash. Um, so, so Bolev, I I think I think he should, yeah. What do you think? It depends. David? It depends on why he's not being called up. Is it because of his prison thing that he's not being called up, or is it because of his form? Because let's no, be honest, he was in decent form, but is he not being called up because of the uh, the controversy of, of his past? I think it was. Well, see, the thing is, I can't imagine that. I can't imagine Cherchesov is the biggest fan of Kokorin after, uh, you know, Kokorin made fun of him in, in the past. Oh yeah. But then again, so did Zuba. So it's it like it's it's honestly such a tough one because you, no one really yeah. knows why he's like, like imagine because, imagine the PR nightmare like Russia let's just say go to Euro twenty twenty one with Kokorin imagine like all the stories like linking man. the violence in twenty sixteen versus um, Kokorin being in prison or something like it would man. just be it, it would just be everywhere wouldn't it. Yeah, um, no, but it, it you know that obviously Church sort of takes notice of these things because he left Zuber out over the whole leaked video thing. So, um, yeah, it'd be an interesting one. Well, it's also a question of whether Church is still going to be there or not. You know, yeah. it might not be this. Like, Kukaran signed a three year contract and he is only 29. He's turning 30 this year, but there's still a lot of time for him to be in the, in the national team. Like, it's not unusual to see, like, a lot of older players play, play for Russia, so. Zherkov is still playing. It's um, it's a perfect indicator of the of the current market. Like, um, the fact that clubs are looking to Russia is because it's cheap. Uh, for most players, players that yeah. like Samorodov was cheap relatively. Let's just say he was like what eight mil or something. Korin was cheap. Um, Premier. I think I read earlier the Premier League clubs that have only signed in England have only made four permanent transfers between them so far in January, and we're almost at the end. Right. So. Um, I think Russia is just more open on the market because of the lower prices and the fact that a lot of clubs maybe are less well off than they might well have been. And Kukorin's benefit. I don't know. I mean, I love it. First of all, we love it. We always love to see. We've talked about it millions of times here. I did say to Artem privately that I think Russia is going to explode and I think that's going to happen. I think because I think the thing that happened is Kukorin has been on the radar of loads of clubs for a while, especially in Italy. Mm -hmm. And people are seeing Miranchuk and Shomorodov do really well. So they're like, oh, this might be a nice market. And I think we just need these players to do well. And then the market is going to open and then we're going to just be big. And by the way, I, I do think that Kokorin will play for Russia again. I don't think he's made his last appearance for Russia. But Artem, what do you think of uh, David's theory about Kokorin being signed because of uh, less money? I mean, I think there's definitely a factor of that in it. Um, I do think that like you're not getting a player of Kukorin's quality for four million anywhere else in the world. It's not happening. And it's partly because of his recent form. It's partly because of the prison thing. But like, I really think that this is a bargain no matter how they look at it. Um, Like obviously Kukorin also has been tracked by Fiorentina for quite a while. And like, it helps that a lot of Italian managers are big fans of him. Like Mancini, like when when Mancini was at Zenit, Kukorin was one of the best players in the in the team. 
Yeah. And like Mancini would always play him, like whether it's on the left or front or anywhere else. Oh, yeah, and, that was um, his big resurgence, right? On the Mancini, he had an amazing season there. That's the thing. He injury, was right. He he was he was the main player in that squad that season, and it was like that was the real highlight of that season for me because everything else was shit. <laughs> but yeah. uh, and then Capello also was a big fan of his. Like Capello started him for for Russia when he was the manager back in 2013-14. So, like I think that that also played a massive factor in it because like you've got these two really well respected coaches in Italy being told that like look, you're not gonna you're not gonna like go wrong with signing this guy for four million like it's it's not a big risk to take so i i i i, I don't know i think that there was there, there's a couple of factors in, that got him signed like i think overall you look at him like you look at his ability what he can be you look at his age he's not that old you look at the amount he's gonna cost like the only real downside is that his wages are quite high but that's the only thing i think like I think that, that there's yeah. so much that there's so much benefit there is you can have so much benefit from having Kokorn on your team and there's very for little sure. downside. So I think that it's a it's a good transfer for, for Fiorentina. I don't know if that even answered your question, Hannah, to be honest. I don't remember my question anymore, honestly. Uh, but but I do I agree with you and you know what the more I think about it, I come to the conclusion that the Russian league is actually pretty good and that this European slump has been a complete coincidence. Because some stat came out yesterday that in terms of pressing intensity, Russia is the second best in in like the big leagues after Spain. And I feel like if I was a club in the Serie A or something, I feel like you're really bringing up XP, aren't you? I don't I don't know what I just listen. Sometimes when you're defending the motherland, you have to like be dodgy for a second, right? You gotta make up stats. (laughs) Exactly. No, you don't have to make up stats. You just have to use stats you otherwise wouldn't use. Um. But yeah, that was a the thing. Then, because we've seen, and I don't like to talk about farmer leagues, but I just watch. I watched like a, a Dutch league game, a Belgian league game, a couple weeks ago, and they're not farmer leagues, but their play style is such that we would score goals in those leagues. Whereas Russia and Italy are similar because defensive, like clubs are a bit more defensive. So forward that is really doing well in Russian football is rare and is of high quality. And we've yeah. seen that with Shomurodov, who is making Diego Godin look like Victor Vassin in Italy. Uh, Miranchuk keeps scoring, scored again in La- against Lazio, won them the quarterfinal. And I feel like Kukorin is equally talented, if not more talented than both of those players. I so, think that you're, I think you're, you're spot on there that the, the Russian league is quite defensive so like people might look at you know certain strikers and say like well he's only scored like one in three games in 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 the Russian league but like it, it is way more difficult I think to score in Russia than it would be in a lot of other leagues like and I think that like it, it, it makes it even more impressive like okay like someone like Zuba you can kind of understand why he scores a lot of goals in Russia because he he can go like head to head with those strong defenders like those real physical types whereas like someone like Corin or like small over anything it makes it more impressive when they do play well against those kind of defenses if, if that makes sense like yeah exactly I mean so. I do also think um that Russian league has some of the best goalkeepers in the world I think that like yeah as, I, as a whole like I yeah, don't think there's a league that has better goalkeepers on average 
Yeah, I've, I've definitely said that before. Yeah, the, the standard of Russian goalkeepers might not be high on a worldwide standard, but across the league, the standard is pretty consistent. Like, once you get past the top two or three goalies, um, like we did it recently, like we all ranked yeah. the, the goalies like at some point last year, and it was like the top four, then there was like 10 goalies in the middle, and then after that, there was maybe two who you would say are definitely at the bottom. But it was very difficult to rank them. But even like we did it based on club, and then people started bringing up the fact that well, some clubs actually have better sub keepers. Yeah. Yeah, and then I did the um, second choices too. Yeah, so like there's there's so many good keepers in in Russia, and uh, um, speak, speaking of keepers, actually, did you hear the the rumors about Maximenko? Yeah, the West Ham. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be that would be cool. Anything would be cool, man. I just, Who's their I just keeper? Hope- Keeper is Fabianski, Fabianski like 33. Yeah, that's the thing. He's good, though. He's better than Max Michael, let's be honest. Mm, yeah. I haven't, I don't remember seeing much of him. I mean, but yeah, I'm at Arsenal, sure. he was called Flappy, Flappy Hansky for a while. So, yeah, um, but like that was so long. Like, I feel like Fabianski. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a very solid goal. He's a good keeper. No doubt. But he's, the, their thing is that he's old and he's probably going to move on in the next couple of years, so they need someone yeah, to take over. Yeah, he's like over. 35 now. Well, in uh, in that case, I'd be I'd be I'd be up for that if he could teach Maximenko a few things. Because look, Maximenko has his own Fabianski moments. Yes. Oh yeah. So if if Fabianski can tell Maximenko what he's done, his hands. what he's done to change that and make himself one of the more more solid keepers in the Premier League, we we might really have a quality keeper. We, we Maybe really one should... of best. Yeah, and I think I think I was I was listening to this um, Capital FM run by Alan Moore, and he was talking about how Russian football like it costs more to hold a match with fans than it like the money you get from fan revenue or from match day revenue is less than like the cleaning costs and the maintenance cost and so on. So on an operational basis, clubs actually lose money. And I like feel like sport. that depends on the club and how many fans show up. Yeah, but but most of them lose money, apparently, is what he yeah, said. Yeah, like Rubin, like the Kazan Arena or whatever it's called, Atbar's Arena now, like, they're going to play a match, they'll get no more than probably 10,000 for fans in there, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a sl- slightly different scenario to, like, say someone like Zenit and Spartak who could fill their stadiums almost every week, you know? Mm, yeah, yeah. But that's yeah. I think that was what um, Alan's generalisation probably was... Yeah, it was. It was I think. About... I think. Can I, can I just say, David? I think that Ruben would probably get more fans in now than ten thousand, purely because of like. They're I feel like the team again. are playing better football. I feel like Slutsky's a character. Like the team's mm-hmm. kind of full of. Like the team's a bit of fun now, because like yeah. a year ago, Ruben was one of the probably the most boring teams in the league. I'm sure you'd agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough. It'd be interesting because, like, obviously, Russian football season is going to come back in about a month's time, right? Yeah. Oh, presumably, there'll be fans just like there was for the first half of the season. Like, Russia was one of the only leagues that basically never stopped fans from attending, although, you know, they'd limited it for the most part. The so funniest be, part is how they limited it, though. Back. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, oh, yeah, like, you'll have to social distance in the stadium. Yeah, we'll, we'll just pack out one section of the stadium. <laughs> That's Spartak. <laughs> was it Spartak Dynamo game? The one that Yashevsky yeah. covered four through three? It was the yeah. It was there was mad fans yeah, in there. There was no distancing. People were naked. Um, <laughs> People are always naked in Russian football. It's ridiculous. It um, is. 
I, we were just obviously talking about the top goal scorers, right? Uh, and I like scoring, you know, like Senko last year scored what, like however many goals, 15, 15 or 16, 14. Yeah. And that was like pretty impressive. And they got me wondering, like, you know, in recent years, what is the top, what has the top scorer done? Like, and I just got it up. So from 2000 onwards, only two players have scored more than 20 goals in a season, which was Wellington for Spartak in 2009. And then so did Dumbia for, for Cisco in 2011. And Dumbia scored 28. Jesus and then Wellington scored 21. So Dumbia's 28 is the biggest by a mile. And then uh, since 2010, it's 19, 13, 18, 15, 18, 15, 17. And the only exception is Smolov hitting 20 back in 2015. So like... Smolov is another player that I feel like if he gets a good move abroad, he can do well still. Because his talent is immense. Yeah, and I, I mean, we saw him go to... You know, he went to Soto Vigo. You know, at least yeah. he, he took that risk and, and did it. You know, he didn't get signed permanently, but... What is he scored two goals and it was against Real and Barcelona or something? Yeah, yeah, he, you, he'll, he'll, you got a radar. He'll remember that for life. Yeah, um, so and that's the thing. second time he moved as well. Remember, because he went to Feyenoord when he was young. Feyenoord as well. Yeah, but, yeah. but he didn't score a goal there. No, true. Which is fucking hilarious. I remember. Like, I know, he did a... score a goal apparently, according to Wiki. He was only alone though. I thought he went permanently for some reason. No, no, no. He he went alone. No, there was a there was a. There was a two-year period where Fyodor Smolov didn't score a goal, a single oh, goal. Yeah, yeah. And I, I remember, like, this is kind of around the same time that I was getting into Russian football a bit more. And, like, he was such a meme. And I was like, oh, man, I really hope that guy comes good. And then he moved to Aral and everything changed. Like, he went from being a meme to one of the most, like, one of the best players in the league, easily. That's why I still think that he should be, like, that Hall of Fame conversation, going back to that, I think he should be in there. But my but my original I point think, I, that, think, I think I think Smolov is a, is probably at this point in his career not as fussed about football as he used to be. I feel like there was a, there was a three or four year period where he was like really focused on you know like I I just want to yeah. be the best player I can be, and now he seems to be more like relaxed. He seems to be like just enjoying hanging out with people and just kind of taking it easy. Like I feel like the, the best of him is behind. Um, I mean, but I think you can say the exact same for Kokorin as well, though. I don't think so. I don't think you can, because I think, like, clearly him going to Fiorentina shows that he's motivated to do that. Like, no, but I think I think Smolov would do the same if he got a chance. But he did get the chance, and he moved to Celta Vigo, and now he's back. And I don't think he's... I don't maybe think he's... Maybe that made him for... a bit sad. But I think if, if an offer comes for him again, I think he'll take it. I Honestly, don't know I because the, he, he he had a tough time when he was over at Celta mm, Vigo personally because he, I think he, like, yeah he was over there during like the start of the co the, the coronavirus and he was stuck in his apartment the whole time and like he he openly spoke out about how how like bored he was over there at that point and like that that's the reason he flew back to Russia like mm. for his his uh his girlfriend we won't we won't say what age is <laughs> his her birthday like so. But yeah, also, yeah. he didn't exactly have the best spell there, so I can imagine that would maybe put off people in the future. Exactly, yeah. An ageing striker who didn't really hit it well for Celta Vigo. That's the thing, like, Smolov's I mean, Smolov hard Smolov 31 now. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think he's done. I think Smolov's time's done. He missed, the big, he missed the big chances back when he was killing it at Krasnodar. You know, he, he was definitely getting that off move, those. 
that moved to locomotive for what nine or 15 million yeah, dollars it was a bad it was such a it was a, lateral, it was a lateral move and i said it at the time yeah uh, you know if it he, makes sense if, uh, you know i think west ham were the club who were really in for him at one stage and then they like then they bought bought jordan Hugel. jordan hugel jordan oh, Hugel. that like was the I championship now. That. yeah he he's just come i think he's is he doing all right now i can't remember he or is I he just constantly know. on the move between clubs. some team in the championship real madrid were linked to smaller Wartem, weren't they <laughs> They were. I thought you were going to say Real Madrid were linked to Jordan Hugel. <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know what? You know what? I think he would have done well at Real Madrid. Smolo. I think so as well. You know? him for ten million pounds. Yeah, some dumb. Yeah. Like they I, could have got Smolo for five mil more at that point. I genuinely think that Smolo would have done well at Real Madrid. Like I think that there's. Yeah. Like some people don't seem to understand that there are certain players who do really well at the smaller clubs and certain players who do really well at the like bigger clubs. Like you yeah. can have a player like fucking like say Meza Ozil, right? When he's playing for a top top team, like when he has the freedom to do the shit he wants to do, he's regarded as one of the best players in the world. When he's playing in that Arsenal side that are slightly slightly struggling and he doesn't like put in the like effort that people expect of him then he's regarded as one of the shittest in that team. Like, I feel exactly. like... and I mean... Yeah, go on, my man. No, I just, I just feel like, like, Small of would have done really well at Real. Because I feel like he would have fit in. Like, if you get the ball into him in the box, right? Say, like, I don't even know. This would have been back when Ronaldo was there as well and, and a few other players and stuff. Like, I feel like he would have just... Exactly. He, there would have been goals there for him to have. Exactly, because... Way. Yeah, I mean, a few things, because the thing you said with um, some players doing well at top clubs, I thought Shomorodov would be one of them, because he's insane in the box, and but he's doing well at Genoa as well, and I, I didn't think he would do as well. And what was the other thing you said? Oh, yeah, about, about Smolov, the thing, thing with us is that, like, Luka Jovic was terrible for Real Madrid, but that's because of his style of play. He's like a target man merchant guy, right? who can shoot, but you need to get the ball to him. But Smolov is a lot similar to Karim Benzema. And Karim Benzema gets service. And he moves around with the ball and he shoots and he scores. So if you have Tony Cruz and Modric in the midfield, and if you have um, Asensio, Cristiano Ronaldo, whoever, and you're just getting the ball to Smolov, who takes a couple of touches, Smolov's going to get goals because he has that ability. right? He did fairly well at a Celta, club, Celta team that was struggling. So I don't know. I agree. I feel like he would have feel like he would have done well there as well. Um, Ozil as well. Yeah, my bad. That was the thing I forgot. Ozil. I really wish him the best of luck at Fenerbahce. He's I think one of my five favorite players of all time. Absolute legend. One of the most talented footballers. Can I guess the other four? Yeah, go on. Okay, right. Ronaldo. Yes. Um, Kellen Navas. Yes. So Ozil's one of them. So there's two more in yeah. the top five. I'm genuinely going to say Shomorodov was one of them. I think currently Shomorodov would be fifth, but I don't have like a fifth. Okay, uh, well, let's just put him there. So I'm right. Yeah, let's put so, him there, sure. One and more. And there's one more. I just feel like, based on... Hmm, I'm going to say Sergio Ramos. Marcelo, no, right? It's, Mar- it's Marcelo. Marcelo. Yeah, Fuck! It's Marcelo. I just love Marcelo, man. It, it, it hurts my soul to see him, like, bad these days. 
what a footballer he was in his prime man one of the best footballers we ever seen to me the best left back ever i don't care what roberto carlos or angie has says what a player would you take him at sochi of course i'd take him at sochi take him anywhere he is he be the league top scorer at sochi man is that good um but then maybe you know he might get a move to uh, to fiorentina as well yeah well you know what i'm going to before we get to our next topic artem i'm going to guess your five favorite and then oh my god i don't even think i have a list like go on Actually, uh, do you know what, do you know what? i i, I have kind have of a, a general list. idea of some players so go on All right, fair. then we'll do David. Then Nathan will do David. Uh, right, so I think one is Ronaldo. Yeah, spot on. Uh, Which Ronaldo? Cristiano, Cristiano. Yeah, yeah, no, he's right. Uh, then Kokorin, obviously. He'd be up there, yeah. You're his PR agent. He's up there. Shut up. Um, I'm gonna say Zuba. Might be wrong. No, see, like I like Zuba, but I don't know if he's my top five. Right, fair. Like. The players I I love the most ever, you know. Um, I was thinking someone Irish, but you don't really rep Ireland, so not Robbie Keane. Um, no, uh, like just I don't know. I always grew up like I always said I was Russian. Like if if Russia played against Ireland, I'd support Russia. So Wayne Rooney is one. I'm sure of that. Wayne Rooney. It's not. He's not actually. What? No, I, I I I love Rooney, but he's not in my top five. See, the thing is, it might just be because I haven't actually made a list of my top five, but I can tell you that Ronaldo and Kukurin's probably up there as well. Who else is up there though? Because I I don't know what to do now. I'm trying to think. Oh my! Right, do you know what? Actually, ask David or guess David's, and I'll uh, I'll uh, right. try and think da- of one. David, um, Quicha is one. No. Come on, man. He's only come around it last year. Aaron Ramsey. <laughs> Aaron Ramsey, no. Um, or Dan Thierry. I love, love the man, but Thierry. On Sorry? Thierry, Thierry on yeah. Uh, to be fair, I've been thinking while while Artem was thinking, I was trying to think, and I could only come up with two for definite. Is um, Thierry Henry one? Yeah, he was one of them definitely. Is the other one Arsenal? No. And so that's one then. No. Hadn't thought about him. Um, oh, Karadini. He could be up there. No, it's not. He's not even related to Russian football. Well, I don't know. I I don't know that. Is he related to English football? No. Who the hell is that? I don't know. Who is it? Oh, no, I'm Ronaldo. Oh, okay. Nineteen ninety-eight World Cup was my first football World Cup. It, it was almost pretty much my first introduction to football. And up from, from about the age of six, which is when I was, I was born, ninety-two, two days before you, Jordan Hugel actually, I just noticed. Um, um, from about the age of six to about the age of sixteen, I had a poster on my wall with Arnaim Ronaldo, Roberto Carlos, Rivaldo, Danielson, and Taffarel. They were the big five lined up on this big poster on my wall, and I supported Brazil like at the World Cups up until I was like up until like twenty ten probably. Ireland was good uh, for, for me Ronaldinho was always one of the goats as well I actually actually looked back at my uh, remember those posts were going around it's like like put picture of your four favourite footballers yeah I just remember that that existed so I've got Kokorin Ronaldo Ronaldinho and Arshavin 
Mm, Arshavin's a good one. Yeah. There's there's certain players. You know, I, Go on. David, you'll remember these videos. Do you remember Jogo Benito? Mm. Yeah. I remember Jogo Benito. Were they the best videos of all time or <laughs> were they the best videos of They're all time? Wait, nah, nah. See, now my man is talking. I watched them just a couple of days ago. You'll remember that. I was going to say the, the Brazilian national team in the airport. Sensational. The best one of the best So videos. good. One of my favorite ones is also Zlatan against Ronaldo. I really like that one too. This we man, are gonna get taken down. I don't care. Oh, you know we're not gonna do it. Look at that. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, <laughs> it's some random fella who put it up. This is from like 19. I don't know. It's from mad long ago. No one's no one's gonna do anything to us. But this was beautiful. Oh my god! Like so good. It's like bald Latin against Ronaldo as well. Oh, amazing. There was certain players before my time that I really wanted to see in, that I really want to see in their prime. The Ronaldo, the, the ball Ronaldo is one. Uh, Ronaldinho is one. Zidane is one. Roberto Carlos probably. Kaká I saw a bit of at Real Madrid and he was pretty good. But like prime Kaká, I still would like to see that. You know, just thinking of this, you called that Ronaldo bald Ronaldo. Did you hear what Kakorin called him the other day in the interview? No. <laughs> He was like, yeah, like I, I, I watched the league now. Like he, he, this is him talking about Syria, Syria. He was like, yeah, I watched the league now. Like I'm interested in in, in watching um Ronaldo and Zlatan and those kind of players. Like I follow their stats, and I used to watch back in the day. You know, I used to watch uh, watch uh, the other Ronaldo, the fat one. Mm. <laughs> well, that's what he's known. I mean, sadly, that's what he was known as for ages. And I just, I just, I, I won't disrespect him like that. Oh, no, Ronaldo, they, or just, or just Ronaldo. No, 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 if you mean, if you mean Cristiano Ronaldo, you need to say Cristiano Ronaldo. No, but I, that's, I, I actually, I still, I was still with Colin Fat Ronaldo. I just thought it was hilarious that a footballer would mm. <laughs> move into a club, call him that. Yeah, but I mean, that was like his. That's because he. That's why he retired, didn't he? At when in Corinthians in like 2010, because everyone kept calling him fat, and that really got to him. Like to be fair, his injuries took over. His, like if he didn't have his injuries. Oh my God, we he's probably going. would have seen like Messi, Ronaldo level player. Is is the Brazilian Alan Zagoev? Uh, I think yeah, that's not a bad show. Although Ronaldo just had like one really bad injury and it just never was the same after that. Like I feel like Zagoev is just like he's just injured every part of his body. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I must admit I'm getting worried that Golovin's going the same way. Seems to just be constantly injured. Nah, he's but the, the, the difference though is, Golovin already plays abroad. Yeah. At least he has that. I feel yeah. like his his injuries don't seem to be as extreme as Alan's either. But um, I just hope that that doesn't change. Yeah, but Golovin shout out Golovin because I think at the weekend he he came on at halftime and got two assists and won yeah. Monaco the game big up. Mm. Both from corners, but we'll take them. Yeah, corners assist or assist? Assist or assist, exactly. I think I probably actually would pick Gogdenese in my top five. I think I'd probably have to pick Burkamp too. Mm. It's a tough one. I think most of my top five would end up calling from coming from Arsenal. Fabregas was was up there, but then he obviously deserted us. As was Van Persie. I love Van Persie. People people just like desert Arsenal just without any care in the world, man. Every year you have like some guy snitching off to some other club. 
started David. it was fucking Ashley Cole started it. I remember I remember I was on holiday when that all kicked off. Do you remember? Do you remember when Walcott made his was it his debut? He scored against Chelsea in like the FA Cup final or something. Wasn't that his debut? Yeah, Carling Cup. It wasn't his final. It was, I don't think it was his debut. It was the Carling Cup final. Yeah, and he scored. It was his first goal for a club for the club though. Like he yeah. we signed him in January six with Adebayor and Diaby because I had that poster on my wall. I remember um, out of like Match Magazine or something. Um, I was a big because we were wearing the we were wearing the gold. The, the maroon shirt with the gold 02 on it for that season. And yeah, we signed Diaby, Walker, Adebayor in one window. Such, um, such a good yeah. team. I mean, uh, that was like, yeah, that was like my big era of Arsenal, weren't we? Like, we're not like Highbury era. I went to Highbury once and I, I remember watching, that was when I was starting to get into Arsenal really. Like, I, I supported Arsenal, but I wasn't necessarily watching Match of the Day every week at that stage. Mm-hmm. But sort of, as we moved, as we were transitioning to the Emirates, that's when Arsenal, everything Arsenal really is quite vivid in my head. Like, so that all of that period, from that period onwards, it was like, yeah, that that was my big Arsenal stage, where I was have watching you, every game. So, have you? Did you go to Highbury before it was a? I went to Highbury once when I was like, yeah, 1999, Arsenal versus Watford was the only game I ever went to. So I was only seven. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like, Still. so I don't, and I don't remember it other than, other than the fact that there's loads of people swearing. And I remember my mum, <laughs> and it was like the first time I'd experienced swearing. Um, I don't really remember a great deal about it, but yeah, that was the only time have I ever seen, went. I've been to the Emirates times though. Have you seen the Highbury now? Mm, yeah. It's, oh, like it's I've only seen pictures of the Emirates. Literally, well, like you have to walk, you come out of the, the tube station, you literally have to walk past Highbury to get to the Emirates. David, I'm not gonna lie. I've never been to that side of London, like so. Mm. I apologise. Like I, I, I only know from the pictures. Like Hannah, like that. That's how it is. Like I can't. Which station is it? I think it's. I think the station is literally just Arsenal. You come out and it's the Highbury is like almost literally opposite you. Yeah, it's just offices now. No, it's all apartments. It's apartments. Oh, is it? Mm. But there's Either a big way, like, it just. Doors. Oh, I'm just oh, it's so disgusting. I don't like it. Like, <sighs> it's sad. Just think. It's I mean, so yeah. sad. I'm glad. Uh, is how how do you like the Emirates? Like, is how do you rank it up? Like in the stadium. Yeah, with the stadiums as you've been. It's 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 a very nice stadium and it's very comfortable. Like the seats have all got leather padding on them. So, like, you know, you sometimes end up at the stadium and you just sit there and it, on these plastic chairs and it's so uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not like that at Arsenal. But, um, yeah, there's no atmosphere in the stadium most of the time, which is a shame. You know, there, there's, like, yeah, but it's just, but that's, that's just the way it goes in a big stadium like that and with, you know, football tourism and stuff. I think, you know, all the big clubs experience it. To a, to a Brexit means Brexit. Okay. Send them out. No, because I, no, that, I mean that's just how it goes. You know. Yeah, no, no, but no, it's no. a very Fair nice enough. stadium. You know, I, I can't like prices are extravagant though for like food. I do, do feel like, like I do feel like part of the state. Like, sure, you can go to the nicest stadium on earth, but if the the atmosphere is not there, then that plays into what the the stadium experience is. You know. Yeah. yeah like I I'd think... rather I'd rather go to a ship box where like you could you don't even want to sit down because like the chairs are that disgusting, and but like everyone's like up for it and it's just a great experience all around 
Oh yeah, rather than, than somewhere with real cushy seats. The best Arsenal atmosphere I've ever experienced is when I went to an away match. You know, you bunched in with the hardcore fans, the only fans who are willing to travel. Yeah, um, yeah. That, you know, that was the best Arsenal atmosphere I've had. You know, I've, I've had some really good experiences. Like I went to the match the year that Leicester won the league. I went to Arsenal Leicester, and we scored in like the 93rd minute to win two one. And there was and the stadium went mental, and everyone thought. We, we can win the league now because Le- Leicester were charging, but we were the only team at that point. I think it was Valentine's Day, February. We were the only team making a real charge for it. Like yeah. Chelsea were, were having a shit season. United were nowhere. And Welbeck scored a goal like injury time. Stay- and that, that was the best atmosphere I've ever felt in that stadium. It was mental. It was... Uh, Man like Danny Simpson. Got it, was, it was a hell of an atmosphere when that goal went in. And we all honestly thought we, we're going to win the league here. The fact that there was no shots on target. In yeah, that game. exactly. That's, a, that's <laughs> Well, a yeah, Welbeck's hit the post. I can't remember about Walcott's, though. Um, what about Vardy? Vardy scored a penalty. Yeah, scoring a penalty without did. having it on target. That's right. I don't know. But, yeah, that, that was a mental game. That When that goal went in, man, it was crazy. Honestly, speaking of like atmosphere, I've sadly only been to one European football game, and that was that CSK Benfica game, not Benfica, Basel game, in the Champions League, and that atmosphere was pretty good. It was in the new stadium, but I guess just because it was a Champions League game, the atmosphere was pretty nice. It was cold as fuck, but like the chants and the TIFO and everything was great. Ten degrees, yeah. It wasn't ten degrees. It was, yeah. it, was, it, was it was one or two degrees. Don't don't disrespect Hold on, me. hold on. I just read I just read something um, on Twitter. Kovalenko to Atalanta or something. Oh god, that does another like player. Not more Marantic competition. Yeah, that's sad. Atalanta going full Eastern European with their attacking midfielders. Mal- Malinovsky. Ilicic. The reports, uh, Chatsodnetsk, Kovalenko will have a medical with Atalanta this weekend and could join straight away. For fuck's sake. But apparently, according to the tweet that's quoting him, he's not even close to the level of Malinovsky. So. Good. Stay in the benches for another seven years before Gasparini like actually wants to play you. Yeah. Uh, actually, Ga- go over Jalalid enough and and all these guys here. We will. The, I think screen. first we're going to talk about big man Adolfo Gaich. Uh, failed campaign. In, failed campaign in Russia. Going back to Italy. Um, you know, rediscovering his roots and stuff. Artem, what do you think of Gaich to Benevento and? How will you remember his time in Russia? I actually could not care less about that transfer. I pretty much won't remember it. Oh, I, I will forget about it. You think he'll do well? No, he's fucking shit. There's a reason he moved to Benevento of all teams. Yeah, Benevento are better than uh, both Fiorentina and Genoa though in the table right now. Even though they're a mini tiny club. I, I just can't see. I can't see what he offers. Like I, I don't know how he managed to get an Argentina cap. Like, like from his, from what we saw at Cisco, which wasn't a lot granted. You know, he only started a couple of times. He just, and he, he wasn't lucky in the first games. I was defending him because he had those two big chances. Yeah. Which, which you know, you'd be saying you should be scoring, but they were difficult to execute, and both of them also he didn't score. But that would have been a huge blow to the confidence. But. You know, he really offers very little. You know, you can see why he's nicknamed the tank. You know, he, he yeah. Uh, 
I'm, you know, I'm willing to be proven wrong. I, you know, I hope he can make something from his career, but I can't see his European career going very well, personally. I'm actually uh, not willing to be proven wrong. No one can prove to me that he's a good footballer. <laughs> well, it, that's it, like, it, oh, I mean, I'm it, just saying the same th- thing I said with Shomorodov. Like, when he went to Italy, I was like, nah, this isn't it. It's, it's just not going to go well. He's I believed in him. But, you know, I, I thought his form was literally just it. That was it. I thought it was just form. It was just a blip. But, you know, he's, he's doing all right. He's, he's done all right there. Yeah, but, you see, what you're saying is Shomorodov has gone from having form in the Russian <laughs> League to having form in the Serie A. Well, if Gaich does the same thing, <laughs> having no form in the Russian league and having no form in the Syria, I just, I, I can't imagine. You know, like, I think it, I, it, it's one of those things where, like, do you ever, do you ever sign someone on FM, and you're like, your, your scout or your assistant manager, whoever is doing the scouting for you, tells you it's like, oh yeah, this player's like, you know, two star right now, but he'll be four, four and a half, maybe five star. And you're like, oh, do you know what? It's worth the risk. And he comes in and he's two star, potential two and a half. That's what yes. this is. I think mm. Gaich was Argentine propaganda to raise money. This man had 27 professional games of football and seven goals before he joined CSK in Argentina. Like, why yeah. was he gassed so much? Like, it was all because of that international cap. It must be. Like, that's the only reason I... I, I swear, like, let's, let's actually have a look at that Argentina team. Because I bet it was, like, uh, the worst Argentina team in history. Is it yeah, probably. I think oh, I oh wow. It was- Three minutes. Three minutes. <laughs> It'll be one of those ones where it's all just Argentine-based players, probably. Look at that. Acuna, Mart- some Martinez, Ro- so Marcus they, Rojo. Marcus Rojo was put, in that squad. What they did was Lanzini. they put him on for Martinez to give Martinez a round of applause for his hat-trick. That is what happened. Oh my, this guy is a fraud, bro. Paredes, Tagliafico. I mean, there's some decent players in the squad, but yeah, like Dybala was on the bench. But... There's no Lionel Messi. There's no... Uh, Messi, yeah. What's his name? Aguero, and then all of those guys. But, all right, so th- we, we put out the poll on um, Twitter as well, and that was... Uh, we've now got four RPL players in the Serie A, and Artem, I want you to rank in descending order which one of like the, the goals they'll score? Who'll have the most goals? Who'll have the second most goals? What are you saying? You know, originally when I posed this question to you, I said Kakor and Tiffany, but then David made a really good point earlier in the podcast is that he'll probably take a couple of weeks to get fit. And that's not, that's unideal, especially with uh, how Miran Chuk has been playing. Um, like obviously he scored another goal in the cup there. Like it seems like he's probably going to get a bit more game time now that Papa Gomez is gone. So my opinion's actually changed on that. I think that it's going to be Miranchuk, then Kukorin, then Shomorodov, then Gaic. But I would love for Kukorin to be top there. But the only thing is, like, because Miranchuk is probably going to get more consistent games for a better team and already has a goal, probably unlikely that Kukorin's going to be there. But um, I don't know. I think he'll, he'll definitely score more than two. And it's just whether Shomorodov can... Uh, can score more as well. Mm. What do you think? I agree with your order. I think Miranchuk, Kokorin, Shomurudov and Gaich. I think, but I will say that uh, Miranchuk, Kokorin and Shomurudov, all three of them will have good seasons. But Shomurudov will have less goals simply because that's how that team plays. He might have more assists. He might have more like key passes or whatever. That's I the thing. Yeah. I feel like just based off 
you know, follow Genoa a little bit because of you mainly because you keep posting about them. Yes. Um, it seems like he's not like the the focal point, the guy who's going to score the goals, but it seems like he's very important in the attacks. So I think that yeah. he, like, if you're ranking who's going to have the biggest impact on their team, yeah. Sean Rodolph might be top, and then it might be well, like either Kakor or Miranchuk. Goyic, mm. I'm still saying is last. I don't give a shit what anyone says. Um, but I think goals-wise, I think I think it's going to be one, yeah. of, one of the Russians. Yeah. David, what do you think? Yeah, David, what do you think? I actually voted for Shamora though in this poll. I think I hadn't thought of a top four order, but on the spot, I'm going to say it'll be Shamorilov, Kokorin, Miranchuk, Gaich. Um, I just Do you think Miranchuk outscore uh, I just don't think Miranchuk's going to carry on getting. I think Gasparini's not going to play him as much for the rest of the season. I think he's going to stay in that role that he's in now, getting bench bench minutes for the rest of the season. I don't know. Um, like with, with Papu Gomez gone, like that's big. Like the only real players now is Ilicic and uh, Malinowski, and it seems like Malinowski and him can play in the same team. You know. But we'll see. We'll see. I don't know. I just don't. I can't see it happening. I can't see it happening. I think and for some reason I just fancy Shmurdov to to score a few more goals before the end of the season. And I, I and I feel even though I put Kukorin ahead of Moranchuk, that's a risky one. But even as a sub, you still fancy Kukorin to score more. Let's just say I don't think Moranchuk. Let's just say he doesn't score again. You'd still fancy Kukorin to get a couple off the bench, even if he's yeah. not going to be starting games. How many so, um, how many games are left in the Serie A this season? I don't know. I think we have an entire half season, uh, nineteen odd games. Uh, yeah, 19 whole games. 19, okay. So that's potential 19 for each. We're a Fiorentina now. Where are we'll... they? 12. When I went, guides plays for the best team in, in out of these three. Mm-hmm. Uh, will those four players reach 15 goals overall this season? No. About 10. 10, yes. 15, no. I think... 10 I think... would be tight. No, 10 wouldn't be tight. I think uh, guys will get one goal. You know, token goal. It's fine. Give everyone a goal. I think Kukorin might get four or five, maybe. I think Shomurudov will get four or five. I don't know. I think they'll breach 10, though. Let's just put it this way, right? When Smolov went to Celta Vigo, would you have said he would have only scored two goals? No, I thought he would get five at least, so... So, um, so, and they were obviously against two of the best teams. So, so it's hard to judge, you know. I, I think they're going to be low scorers for for the time being. Um, I don't think we'll see Kakorin play as as I said for a few weeks. I think so, like, you know what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that they're going to reach 15 goals between them. Well, you, th- you think it's bold, but I I just I did the calculation right. There's 76 games potential for them. Like, and they only need to score, score 12 more. That's only one every six and a half games. Jesus, you so really one, did some match, didn't you? Yeah, so it's actually one every two weeks. You can tell he's all about the money. Yeah, he is I'm all about telling you, I just, I, I, I feel like, I feel like they'll get 15. And to say that none of those players are going to score a brace at any point. Here's what I see. Marantrick obviously scored the winner last night, but he um, 
he got the lowest match rating in all like the in all the papers. They're, the papers are frauds, okay? He came off. I mean, I watched. I I watched the first half, and then he obviously scored while I was out, and then got subbed off two minutes later. And that yeah, seems to be the case. Whenever he does start, he gets subbed off quite early. But Gasparini is a fraud. The papers are all fraud. You don't care about that anyway. But I think this will. I think they'll get ten with ease, and this might uh, go against my the the table I just gave. I think Shomurodov will hit five. I think Miranchuk will hit at least three, and I think these the, these two between them will get like a goal each at least. So I think they. You know what? Five. I'm gonna say Gaich is gonna score fifteen by himself. <laughs> He's gonna carry that table. Imagine if that. Okay, happens, let's just so. kick kick off him off the call. <laughs> can't we? Can't be having that nonsense. So. I don't know. You know. You know what though? Like, I don't think that's an outrageous call that it's fifteen. Like, no, that's I think. Do you wanna? I've, something's just come up on Twitter and it's reminded me when I first joined Twitter, right? I was following right. accounts, trying to find accounts to follow and stuff. Right. You know, yeah. To do with football and stuff. And you know, it was early days that I probably joined Twitter in like twenty. 10 or something on my when I had my first original OG account if not earlier wow and I remember following this account I thought oh I know this guy I know this footballer I'll follow him and then uh, it, it took me a while but I, like I realized later on he was not the footballer that I thought he was but it was rapper J. Cole and I thought I was following Joe Cole oh, oh my god because <laughs> I'd never heard of I'd never heard of J. Cole as a rapper I just saw J. Cole come up I was like oh that's Joe Cole I'm gonna follow him that is beautiful <laughs> And, uh, just, and I still don't know really who J. Cole is, but I've just seen him trending on Twitter. And it's like, oh, I remember this guy who I followed and thought he was Joe Cole, the footballer. That oh, jeez, Joe Cole's after getting the time. <laughs> well, well, yeah, but at the time, right, he didn't have a picture on his profile. Like, it was just um, a, a logo yeah, or something. Rene Dan was so like, the year was. he broke out. So, I feel you, yeah. Oh, that would have been so funny, though. Like, if <laughs> David's just there on Twitter, he's like... Why the hell does Joe Cole keep talking about drugs? Yeah. <laughs> like, and why is he not in the Liverpool team? Like, what, what is going on here? Why, why is he in New York when like Liverpool? Yeah. Are that. But that is hilarious, though. You know, um, you know Mike Dean, the referee. Yeah. There's also a, a really famous rap producer called Mike Dean. So that. Oh. Yeah, every single time I see that, I'm like, oh, I just can't listen to this song anymore. It trips my head. Like, I don't know which one is which at times. So, really? You don't know which one is which? No, but I see the name, right, in a headline. And for a brief split second, because I follow both rap, rap people and football people, I don't know which one they're talking about for like a split second. And then I see Mike Dean's bald head. And then I realize okay, they're talking <laughs> about Mike Dean, the referee. I wonder if there are any, like, I don't know any like Russian footballers who share their say their their name like or do you know footballers in Russia that share their name with like someone else that's really famous. Zelim Khan Bakayev. Yeah. Whenever I Google Zelim Khan Bakayev, exactly. I get the other one. Exactly. The other one is not a good background. Wait, what? Yeah, Artem, I told that to you as well. Like when you Google Zelim yeah. Khan Bakayev. Yeah, there's another Zelim Khan Bakayev who was like a, a Chechen singer or something. And he, yeah, was killed because there was rumours that he was gay or something. What the fuck? Poor fella. Rest in peace. It's part uh, of the Kadyrov thing. You know, we know how terrible Kadyrov is. Holy shit. That's actually insane. What the fuck? I, like, I feel do. like 
I feel like there's got to be a documentary about this guy. Probably is. Probably he's is. still he's still listed as disappeared though. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Really but uh, Salim Khan as a footballer, I, I really had high hopes for him. I called him better than Milan Chuk. Remember that, Artem? Yeah, I can't... Honestly, do you remember I did that poll on Twitter? Yeah. And so many people were saying, Bakayev, get the fuck out of here. I, he's... The yeah. thing is... thing is, he's still the top assistant in the league right now. I, I believe in him. He got COVID. He had a bad, bad run of COVID. Now he's Look, back. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a really good player. He's just not better than Miranchuk. You cannot convince me. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I won't lie to you. Um, what else we got this week? David, you hit Kimki. Tell us about their, their actual... Why are they making good signings? I don't know. I was very against this signing, obviously. Dagestan. I mean, I don't know a great deal about him. I think he's a Swedish international, young centre-back, you know. Apparently, he's he was very highly rated at one stage, but has sort of dropped off the last year or so. But you still, you don't want to see Kimki like signing actual players. You you want to see them not signing players and then slowly dissolving out of existence, a bit like Tambov. No. So, yeah, yeah a bit disappointed by that. What? We talked about Tambov, yeah. We, we briefly mention them every week, but they're dying. Uh, no, but it's confirmed. It's confirmed now. I feel like it's been confirmed in the last week or so. But didn't, yeah. that, didn't it get unconfirmed as well at a stage exactly. by the president? Exactly. That's the thing. It keeps getting confirmed and it keeps getting unconfirmed. It, it's not looking good. Like, obviously, all these players leaving, or Anuka, Jalilidinov, yeah. really, and they've lost a load of other players as well. Like, it, the it's most, not looking good for them. On life support, they might get to the end of the season by playing youth players. But the, I don't think they will. I think I, th- I don't think they're going to play any more play, uh, any more games. That's that's the way I see it. That's what I've right. read. Like it's, it's a shame. Obviously, we don't want to see football clubs doing that, especially uh, you know. But it would have been more of a shame if they've been playing in their hometown the whole time. The fact that they've become a pilot club, you know, just flying around Russia playing wherever they fancy or, or whatever. You know, when they got promoted, obviously the stadium wasn't really good. But they were saying, oh yeah, we'll do up our stadium. We'll play there eventually. They never played there once yet. And when they go, when they get, if they ever get relegated, let's say they don't dissolve and they're still a club, are they going to go back to playing in Tambov again? Like what's going to happen? Are all their fans who live in Tambov going to carry on supporting them? Have they, they been have traveling any. to Saransk every game? Surely not. They don't have any fans, and I'm not going to miss them at all. Like if, if a club's dying, it's Tambov. I don't mind it. There are worse clubs to get killed. Um, Artem, are you sad to see Tambov leave? Not really. No one is. <laughs> Fuck those guys. Like, you know what I think? Like, I, I honestly respect clubs who are just like mid-table FNL, but like Alive. survive. Like these clubs always come into the RPL and do these outrageous things, or just spend their money and spend money they don't have essentially, and they end up going under. And it happens like every two years. Yeah. I have absolutely no no sympathy for any of those clubs or any of those owners. Yeah, can Tambo, I can I go on? Okay, I, I just also noticed that they actually signed a player, Savelli Kozlov there. At the exactly. Point, which is actually I not a bad think... signing, to be fair. Um yeah. I wanted to ask two questions. First, can you right click on the club that Matricardi moved to? Herman Stat. Where are yeah, they from? Romania. Romania? Okay. That's a weird name. 
And also, I wanted to just bring up the uh, Yusupov transfer there for Alta Volgar. Yeah, that's a really odd one, right? Because Orenberg signed from Volgar, their top scorer, Vorobiev, Dmitry Vorobiev, I think his name is. Yes. And then Orenberg had Yusupov on loan the first half of the season. Ural recalled him from Orenberg and have now sent him out to the club that used to have Vorobiev. And I find that a bit shady, to be honest. Especially because Orenberg and Volgar are both owned by Gazprom. This is why we love David. This is because I would have never noticed that, but that is a bit shady. I do remember that Vorobiev transfer was really weird. Um, Yeah, because he just left Volgar, who were Gazprom sponsored, to join Orenberg, who are also Gazprom sponsored. No, you know what was even weirder? He came back from Volgar, then he went on loan to Kimki, but Arshavin recalled him. And then sold him permanently. No, 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 different, different Vorobiev, different Vorobiev. Oh, really? My bad. Yeah, you're thinking that was Vorobiev dodgy. from Zeni. You're thinking that was of Zeni dodgy Vorobiev. Well. Yeah, that was dodgy, to be fair. That was pretty <laughs> um, dodgy. That's the one from Zeni. This is a guy who's who was in the Krasnodar Academy when he was a kid. He's like 24 now, I think. And he was like, he scored like eight or nine goals for Volga in the first half of the season. He's joined Orenberg on a permanent deal. Mm. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was just a weird one. Look, Volgar are building a team. They're signing Nikolaev and some of these other people you may have heard of. Um, but apart from that, Artem, what do you think of Rotor having no regard for the foreigner limit? Just signing Kazakhs, signing Georgians, signing random. They, they have a Croatian in goal. What do you think? I think you'll find that they have regard to the foreigner limit and that's why they're uh, they're being able to get away with it and because they're, they're signing players from from the neighboring countries. But I respect it really. I respect that sort of um I do. I highly like I think that's a it's it's a really um it's a really underused strategy I feel because I I do think that like countries like Kazakhstan and uh, and like you know Armenia any of those other countries yeah, yeah. All, all of those countries that are under like that don't count as foreigners they they have to have players at rpl level yeah and uh like you could probably get them way cheaper than russian players so why not try to use that and i think rotter are, are smart in, in doing that so yeah i'll be yeah, interested definitely. to see how they get on definitely 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 yeah, it's that's a smart fair. move exactly for, for exactly what artem just said you know cheap yeah um, I, agree. I think uh, low risk they're still over the limit, I think, by one or two players. So I think they might have to sell one of the Georgians. Uh, I think Zuriko or Mecca Mikhail Tarje, one of them. But I think apart from that, actually, the thing was they signed another Georgian centre-back. And for a while, he was in here. And now he's just been taken off. I don't know if he was a trialist. But we even announced the deal from RFN that they Wait, actually died. Who are the... He's on trial still, they right? Who are the foreigners? They got... Chondrich, Kvekvelia, Gugua, that's three. Three. Then there's four, five, Zuriko, six, seven, Arabidze. eight, actually. No, my bad. Lamarion, Ponce, Mikhail Tadze, yeah, eight. Oh, well, yeah, they, they, that's obviously why they got rid of the Argentinian guy, because they, they were doing all of this stuff. Yeah, and there was no need for him anyway, because you've already yeah. got two of the best centre-backs in the league, in Gugua and Kvekvelia. Um, yeah. Stepanov's done really well too. I, I think Shomko will have trouble displacing him. Although in theory you you'd play Shomko because Kazakh international. Yeah, you can alternate. I think Stepanov's got like some of the highest tackle stats in the league this season. 
if not the highest. I think I think they might play some court right back honestly over Manucharya. I'm not sure because he can play on both wings, so maybe they might they might do that. Um, David, David, how do you how how are uh, how did you react to the, the news of Musayev Leon Musayev moving to Ruben? That seems um, to be. I, a, um, I don't care for it because I don't rate him that highly. Um, whenever he's been given the chance for any as a starter, which you know isn't often, but usually it's at the end of the season, um, he does not impress me. So a five-year deal, granted, does not have a buyback in there as well? Five-year deal, half a million euros is not something I'm greatly thrilled about because I don't know. I think I think currently he is not good enough to play in our midfield, right? Uh, yeah, he's, he's Russian, obviously, which is a, which is a boon. Um, we're gonna have. We've still got to get rid of a foreigner because we've got too many. Well, now we've got Insaito. So in the midfield, you've got Abdulgar, who has been, let's be honest, one of the best midfielders in the league this season. Um, you've got Saito, you've got Yevtich, you've got not Konovalov because he's gone now, um, and you've got Huang as well, and Shatov, who has occasionally played deep. So if he comes in, he's not he's not going to be a starter in that team. Um, granted, he's got the versatility. I think he's playing fullback a little bit in it recently, occasionally. But I remember that game. What was the game where he got subbed off before half time because he was just being so reckless in a in a nothing game towards the end of the season was in it. Like that's how that's how bad he was in that game. Um, yeah, I, I I actually agree with you there. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I I'd like to believe that myself was gonna become a real big player, but. He hasn't really impressed me either. But that's it. We've been after him for a while. I remember we tried to get him on loan a couple of times before as well, I think, off you. So obviously we've finally gone for it and we're seemingly going to get him. But um, I don't know. I, I'm, you know, William, again, I'm hoping he can prove me wrong because I want Ruben to succeed. And if he can help, then I'm all for it. But I think it'll end up, he'll end up going nowhere. I think Moggy Levitz would have been better to keep around than Masayev. Hannah, do you want to yeah, say your thing about uh, no about about Moggy Levitz? Oh, oh yeah, I I found out uh, I think yesterday or the day before that Moggy Levitz's name is Moggy Levitz and not Moggy Levitz, and um, <laughs> that amused me for a good five minutes. Uh, I love I love uh, transliterations of Russian names. Like obviously we all use Arthur than Artyom. Me and Hannah obviously open Russian websites and it auto translates to English. Right, yeah. I guess you you do that. So you get Dmitry Polos come up as runner or, or yes. snake occasionally and things yeah. like that. <laughs> so I, love, I love seeing like I love seeing stuff like that. I do as well. That um, Arter yeah, there Cher- are some great ones. Arter Cherny is always Arter Black. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone earlier today, I can't remember it, but that made me laugh as well. There's a there's um, um, uh, there's a Medved which is bear, right? So there's a guy called Medved who's just Vladimir Bear, which is also a great one. Artem, do you want to talk about the best name in football that we discovered yesterday, or that I discovered yesterday? Did you find it as funny as I did? Clearly not, because I don't remember who you're talking about. <laughs> this is this is. Oh yeah. What a man. Orenberg's <laughs> new signing. I I read. Seaman, you I read. No, I, listen, no. I, I, th- I think it would have been funnier if his first name was Urine. Urine Seaman. 
it's still hilarious though. Like it's, it's, oh, I don't know. I think it's it like it, it, I really wish that his name were 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 backwards. I think he'd get a move to an English club if that was the case. I um, I think it's hilarious though. Yeah. Hannah, can you pull up the the picture that we found yesterday? That we found yesterday. I feel like we need to share this. Which picture? The the Kub, the guy in the Kuban kit. Oh yes. Oh, that's oh, a great photo. Because that was um, I can't believe I'd never seen it before. It was um, it's that fantastic. Was, we do have just like a couple more topics, but that that is more important. Um, thirty-seven year old. This this is this. Some some Rostov Scar Rostov guy retired. His name was Benz. Sergey Benz. Mercedes Benz. This this is, you know those like uh, Champions League photos where there's priceless that Mastercard thing and then Messi. This is much better. I don't That's even. Just so good. So it has to be in a Europa League game, right? Like who? Why is Mercedes? No, because that, that the, there's a watermark on the bottom right, which is Locomotive's watermark. So it's a league game, Loco versus Kuban from however many years ago, presumably. Uh, yeah, there used to be. Um, I think that this this is Kuban playing at home. They used to have a big Mercedes Benz thing in their in their stadium. Okay, fair enough. But, but like whatever what? is it? It's 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 so good. It's, yeah, it's, it's so good, and obviously only the people who can read Russian will, will understand it. Yeah, um, for those who obviously don't, yeah, that guy's name is is Benz. Mercedes Benz. It's it's pretty beautiful. You know, explaining the joke always makes it funnier. Oh yeah, yeah, it does. Well, no, we, I feel we need to just cater to those in our audience who who can't read that, and the Spotify listeners who can't even see it. Oh yeah, that's very <laughs> true. All two of them. <laughs> You 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 both just call their listeners, first of all, illiterate and deaf. <laughs> Good luck digging yourself out of that one. Listen, nah, our listeners are nice. We love you all. Um, that's the cleanup. Um, but but for our final topic, right, David, you're the stack merchant of the RPL. I want to ask you, name the top three foreigners with the most goals in the RPL, ever, ever, ever. So we're talking post-Soviet, if you're just saying RPL, yes. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I mean, obviously, immediately, you want to... I'm leaning towards, like, a Wellington or, or a Dumbia, but Dumbia wasn't around for that long, I don't feel. So I, I might say Wellington as one of my answers. Um, no, Wellington's not there. Oh, man. It's going to be all players from like before my time, isn't it, Dan? Um, no, you know all three of them very well. Oh, damn. That's yeah, even worse. Just non-Russians, right? Uh, yeah, but they're all foreigners. They're like, they all... Oh, yeah, but I was thinking like Kornilenko, maybe. Cause he, he's been really Kornilenko's well. fourth, so that's a good shout. Ooh, because I know he's, he was at Zenit and scored a for one for a while. Um, shit, man. I actually want to see why Sedu Dumbia is not in this list because I feel like just don't think he was in Russia that long. Sedu Dumbia is in Malta now, by the way, which is insane. Uh, him and Toka. <laughs> him and Toka. Yeah. Oh yeah, Toka posted it in our, in the different chat on on Twitter. He was he in has... Russia there, like for like two or three seasons only. He has yes, played he... a lot of competitions. And yeah, he only he's... had one really good season there. Look, 20 goals there. Has, uh... Before that, it wasn't that big. 
he has 95 but it's only 66 in the rpl right so he's not yeah he's not in the top 3 Damn. Um, Artem, can you guess, by the way? Oh, right? yeah, Artem, you chucked some guesses in as well, man. All right, Wagner Love. Wagner Love is number one. Well done. Oh, Wagner Love, how did I forget him? Sick. <laughs> I'm happy sec- with that. Yeah. <laughs> now, now, no matter what I say, <laughs> I've done well. The second one, Artem, I brought up to you two days ago. So if you, oh. if you don't know this, then I'm not going to be friends with you anymore. I'll be sad. The other day you broke. Man, you don't even listen to what I say these days, man. That's I just don't remember. A lot of things happen in my days, you know. <laughs> um. Okay, number two and three are both Zenit players. David and Artem, I'll help you with that. Since this quiz is going on. No. It can't be. Rondon. No. Yes, as Moon is number two. Oh yeah, his name was lingering, but I thought Asmoon has, he Moon has the there? second most goals for any foreigner in Russian football history with 70, right? Wagner Love is 85. Do you think Asmoon is going to become number one? No. He st- if he sticks around for another year, like a whole calendar, like the whole of 2021, then yes, I feel like he'd scored f- he could score 15, 16 goals this calendar year. But I expect he could leave this summer. I think he will leave this summer. Artem, you don't think he's going to do it? I think he's going to leave this summer. That's why I like I, 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 I think that he said something recently that he wants a new challenge. Yeah. Well, third's got to be Hulk then, right? No, nah, third's Danny. Four is... Uh, Danny. Holy fuck. Danny, uh, like, Danny played 270 games, though. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the thing. He played Yeah, I'll, I'll bring up the list now, now that we're done with the, the quizzy quiz. Quizzy um, quiz. And I failed. Yeah, I thought you're you're as moon. Like you are you I didn't say as I thought about him, but I thought surely not. But then I was trying to talk about this season. Yeah, see number one is Wagner Love, one sixteen eighty five and one sixty-nine. Um then is Asmoon, then is Danny, it's Ari, and then it's Sedu Ari, Bambia, yeah. who's who's Kornelenko is uh you'll find the Belarusian flag somewhere. Right, here's here's another one. Who's the foreigner who's who's played the most games? Oh, it's some Lithuanian guy. Um, Quincy Promise is there. Wellington is there. Hulk Hulk scored a lot in Europe as well, already. So I knew Wellington had a couple of big seasons. Neboa is pretty good. Fair play. Yeah, Ciao, um, Christian Neboa. But uh, let me give you the top foreigners thing. It's some Lithuanian, the Sembras guy or something. Yeah, see? Uh, Sembera Siska. Katskan, Berezovsky. The only cool name is Noboa in this list. Look at that. Look at the hairlines of everyone in this list. Oh, I don't know. was one of the best. Yeah. Yeah, but still. Danny is in top 10 there, to be fair, as well. Danny is a legend. Can I, can I just say, do you remember Tim Fair Kalachov like two, two years ago when he was like 38 or something? Had like yeah. one of the best seasons in RPL history. Oh, he was incredible. I had his inform on FIFA, which was like a right wing back card. Oh. I stuck him in cam, and he would just bang goals in from everywhere. <laughs> bring, bring the RPL back on FIFA. Oh my god, look at this! Ten assists in twenty five minutes. That's mad. That's yeah, what I mean. Like that year. season was that just. That was the mental. year they yeah when they qualified for Europe. And hang on, hang on, hang on. What is that? Four goals and five assists in in the season after as well. Yeah, which isn't bad either. Mm. That, that year where. So 
my fa- one of my favorite Asmoon goals in, was actually scored for Rostov rather than for Rubin. Was from against a Callis- Nah, it was oh. the one, I think it's a header against Ural. And it's just the most ridiculous header he's, where, he, you know, he puts a classic Asmoon jump on it, you know. Yeah. It's, mm. Yeah. And that's a Kalachev. I just remember Kalachev, Kalachev having, uh, yeah, just was so good that, yeah, against, was it against Ajax? He was unbelievable against Ajax um, in the Champions League qualities. Kalachev, mm-hmm. he was unbelievable in that game. The, the one, the, the Rostov home leg, I'm pretty sure. Speaking of uh, our last topic, because we've already gone on for a fair bit, um, Quincy, Quincy Promise is being heavily linked to a return, 12 million euros. For a bit, they said the deal was done. Now they're saying it's off the table, and they're still, I mean, some people are saying it's still being negotiated. Artem, quickly, I think he will do very well. I think he will tear up the league still. Artem, what do you think if he comes back? Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, like, it's, it's where his career peaked, so to speak. So I think that he'd he'd be he'd be right back there, and I think like the fans love him. He loves the fans. He loves like he loved Moscow when he was there. So like I think I think it's just what he needs for his career, and I think that it would be a great sign for Spartak. Yeah, I'll uh, before David, I'll go as far as to say if if they sign him, I think they can do a title push. They can really challenge him for the title. I don't care. I think that they can challenge for the title, title even without him. But I think that if they have him, then. I think that it's it's actually quite likely that they'll win. Yeah, that's fair. Because his stats aren't bad. Like, six six goals, 18 games, that's not bad. It's just the fact that he stabbed someone and was in jail that puts people off. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> yeah, but look, Kakarin did did some bad shit too, and he's he's just got his, his move, so... Yeah, if we're okay with Kakarin, we have to be okay with uh, Promise, who hasn't even been convicted. And um, I hope he, I hope, like, everything is fine. I don't know. Yeah, but let's let's paper over that crack. David, what do you think? I mean, I sort of feel like he we it's a risk because if he comes back and bombs, then it, it just tarnishes his legacy, doesn't it? A bit. Um, so I don't. I would always. I wouldn't probably be signing him if I was Spartak. But you know, we know he's got the quality to do well. So I saw if he does, I hope he does well because it'd be a shame to ruin his ruin his legacy. No, I think I think both him and Hulk will do well if they come back. His middle name is Anton as well. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, why people call him Antofa. Antofa, yeah. That's mad. That, that, I didn't know that was why he was called Anton. That makes sense, actually. Um, <laughs> but but thanks a lot, David, again for coming on. Uh, we've discussed a lot this week. Yeah. Um, next week, hopefully, we've got some special guests lined up for you guys. Um, some some big guests. Um Hopefully, you know, we can also take the port to the next level. Artem, you want to do the honors again? Sure. So, are you so sad? Like always. Such an honor. If you enjoyed, if you enjoyed, please leave a like. Gold medal on SportRex. You know, let us know what you thought. Let us know if you think Promise would do well in the Russian League again. If Kokorin would score more goals than uh, Gaich and all of the doers. And uh, yeah, so we'll talk to you all next week.